everyone. This is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And as always, we have a great show for you because you know what? Every artist we bring on is great. And today we have Emmy Sunshine, and she has done, I mean, she's 15 years old, about to be 16 in June. And when you read what all she's done, it's just unbelievable at such a young age. So we're definitely excited to have her on. She's got some hardcore fans. I mean, we've watched some of the stuff that goes on on her page. Um, she's definitely got some hardcore fans that love her to death. And you're going to see why, because I think you'll love her as we get to know her on the show. So, Emmy, are you here? Hi. Uh, thank you for having me on. Well, we're glad to have you on. So how are you handling oh, yes, all this what's going on? <laughs> Yeah, everything seems to be pretty good. You know, we're um, in this whole thing right now, so we're staying home as much as possible. Um, so it's been uh, quite an adjustment um, in life. So we're just trying to get used to it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you being a little younger, you know, you know, you, this should be your prime years a lot of times, teenage, and, and you know, and got to stay home and because I know that sucks for us, and I, I can't even imagine this happening back when I was a teenager. Yeah, right before oh, yeah. this whole thing happened, um, I was getting done with the tour, mm. and I was going to come home and get mm-hmm. my permit, actually. Um, but oh, well. then, you know, <laughs> it didn't happen. <laughs> that, I definitely see that being frustrating. But you know what? We all have, are making the best of it. You know, the cool thing is technology kind of helps us at least somewhat stay connected, which is really tough right now. But, you know, things like the show, the, you know, we don't we didn't have to change anything for the show, at least, because we are social distancing through the phone. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> so as we get started, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and a brief overview of you to give people an idea of who, who Emmy is. Because our goal is not just to talk about your music, but our goal is to find out you. Absolutely. Um, I grew up in a little town called Madisonville, Tennessee. I still live here. And uh, I kind of just kind of got involved in music through my family. And my great-grandmother mm-hmm. was a singer, my grandmother, my dad, uh, uncles, and everybody in between pretty much. So at some point, I just got really enthralled with um, music and writing music and um, pretty much anything melodically I was really uh, invested in, I could say. I I was very um, I was very excited about composing melodies. And at some point, I told my mom when I was five years old that I wanted to start writing real music. And we sat oh, wow. down, and I wrote my first real song. And then it just mm-hmm. kind of went on, and then I got – I really was um, excited to learn more about um, murder ballads, mostly, mm-hmm. at that time, when I was around maybe six or seven. And then I think, like, at eight, maybe eight or nine, I wrote a few murder ballads. And then I just kind of went on and started doing more of that. I was mm-hmm. learning how to write stories. I was – and it, it was a little bit of everything at the time, and it's still a little bit of everything because, you know, I'm still learning as an artist, and <laughs> I'm just writing whatever I think feels appropriate for the time. And, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's what I do. I started playing ukulele when I was seven and mm-hmm. kind of went on from others, other instruments from there. So I've just been playing and singing and having fun with it. And didn't you go viral at nine? I did, yeah. I had a video go viral when I was nine years old, and I got to go to the Today Show, um, Grand Ole Opry, and a bunch of other stuff. So, so what was that like, being on it like was, those shows? And you're, and you're like, you know, you're, I guess you're nine years old, ten years old, whenever all that happened. What was that like for such a young age? Well, I think at like maybe nine or ten, I didn't realize the significance of that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't realize um, that gaining that many followers and having that many, many people mm-hmm. um, who love my music and also playing such important places, you know, I didn't realize how much of a, an accomplishment that was at the time, even though I love those places. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But for me, I just thought, oh, I'm just going to get to do this and we'll go on, you know, but it, it's been a um, a key thing that many many people talk about still. And and to me, I'm just like, <laughs> oh, this this was actually a really big deal, you know? <laughs> Um, but yeah, I've played the I play the Grand Ole Opry about uh, fifteen times now. So oh, yeah, wow. it's it's insane. 
And, you know, and I'm sure you know that there's a lot of artists that are getting going who are 20s and 30s, and that's one of their dreams is to play the Opry, and and you've done it 15 times. That's crazy, ain't it? Yeah, I didn't realize that either. (laughs) I was just like, I I mean, I knew that many people did not get to play the Opry at such a young age as I did, and I was very, Mm -hmm. um, very lucky to have gotten to do that, but I didn't realize that at the time, and, and the first time that I played on the Opry, I was so nervous, and I don't usually get nervous at most events that I play, because <laughs> for the longest time, I've sang at church, mm. I've sang pretty much everywhere when I was younger, and it was just something normal that I did. It was mm-hmm. something that was a reoccurrence in my life that didn't have that much of a significance uh, in you know how I felt, really. Um mm-hmm. Besides, you know, just happiness from doing it. Um, so for me, it was it, it was very nerve wracking to play on a stage that I looked up to, and people who have played on that stage that I looked up to for the longest time. So it was one of the first times mm-hmm. that I felt like pure stage fright. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember back about 15 years ago or so, the very first time I've ever um, public couple um, lessons I learned. Uh, um, I was nervous as can be, and I had my whole speech written out. It was only five minutes. It wasn't like it was 20, 30 minutes. I had a five-minute part. That's it, about 15 years ago. And I remember sitting down, and when they they called me up, first off, I learned never change what you're going to say the day of. Oh, no. (laughs) The second lesson was, was don't make your first speaking appearance, even though it's only five minutes, in front of 250, 300 people. Another lesson I learned on that one. And I remember getting up there, and my hand shook so bad I couldn't even read the paper. Well, oh, no. they had a podium, so I tried to put it on the podium. I couldn't see it because the podium only went up to my – and I'm short, but they had a really small podium because the, um, it was like to my stomach. I'm like, oh, God, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And and I'm freaking. And Sandy, she she's seeing all this happen. She's in the front row, and mm-hmm. she, there's nothing she could do. And she she told me later, yeah, she's I like wish freaking there was out something I could do. <laughs> yeah. and, and then I try to talk. Nothing comes out. Oh, Not no. a word. My mouth opens, and I'm moving it, but nothing's coming out. And I'm like, that and I knew, I knew at that moment, it was a defining moment in my life. I knew that if I did not try to finish, I'd probably never speak again in my life. I knew that. My, my, my future was on the line right there. And we got about a minute and a half. And believe it or not, people were still there after a minute. I mean, I'm going through a minute and a half. Yeah, nobody talk. left. I, I thought they were going <laughs> to <And>, leave. <laughs> they didn't. And, and <laughs> I finally took a deep breath. And just this just popped in my head to say. I didn't I – I guess it came from God because this is the only thing that came to my mind, and I said it. I was like, if y'all get nothing else out of this, at least you get a good laugh. They all laughed. I was able to breathe, and I nailed it the rest of the time. But that was a defining moment. And and, I, and I'm sure when you got on that stage. Like, oh, yeah, it's, uh-huh. it's scary. But, I mean, I mean, the only thing that I, I wanted to put, put, put there, I just wanted to say that, you know, I had a similar experience. And it was, it was mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and it was like the first time my mom wanted me to actually speak when I'm on stage because – I had a problem when I was younger to where I would just go song, song. I wouldn't actually speak Mm -hmm. to the crowd that I was singing to. And my mom was like, hey, I'm going to give you a card. And this card has all of your information Mm -hmm. on it. Um, We know your website and everything else. And I was around maybe like, I don't know, seven. I don't know what happened. And I I think at one point my mom mom gave me this card. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to speak to this crowd. And she said, hey, Emmy, you can say, well, hey, we have these cards where you can find all of our information. Please come see us after the show. We would love to talk to you. And that's yeah. all I had to say. <laughs> baby, baby steps, okay? <laughs> and I got on stage, and I was ready to do it. I was going to speak, and I was building up the courage. And I, I got mm. in the microphone, and I said, we got these cards. 
and it just stopped there. And it was, and no my way. family has not let it go after all these years, and it's a defining moment. <laughs> wow. and, and again, you know, it's moments like that when you find out who you really are. Even though you, it was such a mm-hmm. young age, it's still a defining moment for you. And, oh, yeah. You know, and, and, and now you can look back and kind of laugh about it. Like, I, you know, I can look back now and laugh about that whole thing. And we're talking, this was a young professional's event. So it wasn't, it wasn't like it oh, was yeah. um, in front of just regular people. I mean, they are regular people, too. But, yeah, but this it was, was a, more a business formal. event. <laughs> of, you know, and so it was, you know, but, you know, I wasn't laughing then. No. <laughs> but, oh, no, no. But I can, but, but, you know, that made me who I am today because I've got a really cool story. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and that six of those stories, they stick with you, like, forever, too. Like, there's, there's just those stories <laughs> that, like, uh-huh. my mm-hmm. family won't let it go. I can't let it go. It's just, like, it's a thing now. It's just, it's there. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you didn't do it in your 30s. I did it in my oh, 30s. Oh, no. Yeah. It's okay. A seven-year-old can get away with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what's something, to keep this a little fun, what's something quirky about you? Oh, I don't know, really. <laughs> I, I, always, <laughs> I get questions like that sometimes, and I don't really know what to say. I mean, I've, I've, I people think that it's odd that I'm – playing music at this age sometimes, so I don't know. Um, for me, I guess, I do a lot of things that are just normal, in my opinion. I play video games. I, I love to binge watch anything on Netflix, pretty much, and I love to hula hoop is one thing. I like to ride my bike. I mean, I do a lot of different stuff, really. The normal I stuff. draw normal stuff, pretty much. I don't really have many quirky things, you could say. I mean, oh, well, there, there is this one that people don't usually get to do, but I do it almost every single year because it's part of my job, but it's something that I get mm-hmm. to do. Um, whenever we're in Florida, we get to go every single year almost, and we get to go and swim with the manatees, and I do it almost every single year now, and it is a really amazing experience, but it's not that weird mm-hmm. either. It's, it's, a, it's a normal thing. <laughs> You know, I remember. Oh, cool. I remember when um, Sandy and I were um, got married and had a honeymoon. We went to the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum, and I remember yeah. um, they had these hammerhead sharks and little baby ones. They looked so cute, and, and they were like, "Please, people, don't touch the hammerhead sharks. They will. So you'll scare them more than it scares you." And I'm like, now of course. I'm I'm in my 30s. I'm like 31, and I and I'm really sitting there like, should I listen to that? You know, I'm being a teenager here because I <laughs> want to touch that thing, but I listened. <laughs> I didn't touch it. But here's the crazy part: why I brought that story up. A couple years later, um, Stan and I went to Myrtle Beach for a few days, and they had the Ripley's Aquarium there, and we went in there and we was looking at things, and all of a sudden I I heard the person on the mic say, okay, y'all, y- y'all may see the fish and the hammerhead sharks go by. I just want y'all to know if it comes up to you, feel free to touch it. I think, oh my God, I get to touch it finally. And I was so excited. I was, I was so excited that I spent one hour waiting for one to come to me. I mean, I was determined Jeez. I was going to touch that. And what's funny <laughs> was Sandy went to the bathroom. And guess what happened? It came. I got the touch. It was awesome. And I told Sandy when she come back, she, and she was like, well, we ain't leaving until I get the touch now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how I do it, too. And uh, so about two hours in, we finally get the both of us. But it was, it was a cool experience. But, again, it was one of them things where, you know, I guess that was kind of quirky for me because – I was determined to touch a hammerhead shark just to say I touched a hammerhead shark. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's pretty amazing. That's a great story. <laughs> but the the thing with, like, the um, – I get I have questions about this, too, but, I mean, like, my uh, – mm-hmm. I started uh, hula hooping when I was around, like, maybe 
maybe like I don't know something like that. Um, but because I played mm-hmm. festivals, and when I played festivals, they always had they usually had hula hoop booths, and at these hula mm-hmm. hoop booths, they had just like people who were who were teaching. They had people who um, were just over there, just having the time of their lives. And I was just like, oh, I want to do that. That would be fun. But when I first did it, I was like, I, I got so angry. I was like, why can't I do it correctly? What is going on? Why can't I do it? And my mom was like, you'll figure it out. And then over the years, I went to more and more uh, festivals that had all these hula hoop booths. And I was like, okay, I'm learning. I'm going to figure this out. And now, now I have become pretty good at it. And um, it's all the years of the festivals that have helped me. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Oh, so awesome. your music's helping you out. Music helping you out learn new things outside of music. That's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> it is pretty insane. <laughs> so when you look back at your career so far, um, and even though you're about to be 16, it's you, it's a career. You know, I, I know people might think different, but it's a career for you. And um, when you look back, what are some moments? Now, granted, I know you already talked about the Opry in a couple places, but outside of the Opry. What are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? Well, um, I would have to say I got to sing with um, Loretta Lynn. That was a big um, defining moment for me. And uh, she was the kindest person I've ever met. I'm saying that with full honesty because she she generally has just like this light around the people people that are with her and herself and her Mm -hmm. whole group that travels with her. travel with her and I was just like oh this is this is beautiful you know and I got to meet her (laughs) and she had a seat for me to sit down next to her and I sat down next to her and we just started talking about everything and it was it was so natural and it was just really really cool (laughs) then she wanted to talk to my mother and she looked at my mother and said your little girl can sing you know that right and my mom said oh (laughs) she she can and then she grabbed my mom's arm and said no your little girl can sing. And that was a big moment for me and, and getting to sing with yeah, her. Yeah. I mean, but it was that moment itself reassured me that, Hey, mm-hmm. I'm doing something right. You know? Yeah. Because you know, when things start falling in place, it makes it where you're like, okay, um, maybe I'm supposed to do this. I, like, um, we, I was one of them people when we, when Cindy and I first married, um, that, I was wanting to be a motivational speaker and all that, and I only listened to audios. I did not listen to music. That was like no-no in my car <laughs> back then. And um, I married Sandy, who is um, a big hardcore music person. She could listen to music 24-7. Well, there was a problem mm-hmm. there um, as we got, in, <laughs> got married and all that. So we had to come to an agreement to listen to 50% audios and 50% music. Well, eventually, fast forward, that led us to – launching New Country Buzz the first time in 2014. And then in 2015, for personal reasons, at the end of that year, we shut it down. And that kind of broke my heart. That big time broke my heart uh, when we had to shut it down. And I felt like a piece of me died. And I remember for three years, about every six months, I would go on to GoDaddy. Because I even let go of the domain. I tried to push everything away. I tried. I really did. You know, the music was already in me by this point. <laughs> Sandy brainwashed me into all this. I always joke about it. <laughs> and, and, and I remember every six months I would go to GoDaddy and New Country Buzz, still there. Not New Country, six months later. Finally, by the end of 2018, I told Sandy, okay, I can't do this no more. We need to, I feel like God's pushing us to do this. I keep thinking about it. I'm always thinking about it. I feel like we need to relaunch New Country Buzz and finish what we started. Because, you know, I felt like I was supposed to do this. And then we built 2019 was kind of the foundation of New Country Buzz and had no idea we was going to do, do this show. And then end of last year, we were like, okay, um, let's do a show. And Sandy's like, well, what would we name it? I was like, well, the Chris and Sandy show. It makes sense to me. And she, she kind of like, are you sure people would listen? Because, you know, because we're – we're kind of nobodies out there. We're not a Bobby Bones. We're not a Ty Bentley. And I'm like, well, it worked for them. Why can't it work for us with our name? And I knew that most big shows are based on the person's name. So I was like, yeah. Just, and we, so we launched January 3rd. Here it is four months later. We just crossed four months yesterday with this show. And we've had guests on that we're just, like, stunned. We just know that God's oh, yeah. been lighting yeah. all this up. So I know how you feel on that, that 
that when, when people pour into you and tell you that, you know what, and say that she can sing, you know, people have told us almost the same thing, but in a different ways. They love how we run our show, and I've never done any of this before. This is all new to me, but we're still learning with all this, and, but yet people are loving it. So, again, we know exactly what you're saying, and this is what really drives us. Um, so what drives you? right now well that's a good question um i guess i I don't get that question enough really that's really really cool um i would have to say well music in general you know the music that i listen to Mm -hmm. you know the people that i listen to i mean i listen to a lot Mm -hmm. of um of dolly parton i listen to a lot of jack white i mean i listen to a lot of a lot of different stuff they might be giants i mean i listen to so many different things and it's that music. It's music that really inspires me, yeah. things that I listen to and things that keep me going, um, making me think, hey, one day I want to be at a level that I can have, you know, just that confidence and that, and that amount yeah. of um, beauty within my music and, you know, just how smart mm-hmm. and how amazing um, it really is to me. And mm-hmm. I guess that um, a lot of times I'll just uh, – I critique myself a lot, Um and that gets in the way of what I do um, every now and then. So I try to be less, um, a little bit less uh, hard on myself when it comes to um, how I write and how I sing and, and what I do with my music mm-hmm. because I just want it to be exactly how I think it should be. But um, it's also my family who keeps me going mm-hmm. as well. And, you know, they, they just encourage me and they really just bring me up and they, mm-hmm. and they make sure that I understand that, hey, if you don't want to do this at any time, we can stop. Or if you just want to take a break, whatever you want to do, it is your life and your music. And it's what you're going to do with a lot with your life. I mean, it's, it's, it's your future and you have to be in control of that. And you have to know that, Hey, if you're not doing what you love, then what are you doing? Pretty much. I mean, how are you going to be happy? You know, they won't, pretty much all they want from me in life is for me to be happy. And that is amazing to have that support behind you that understands you and just wants you to, uh, to have a fulfilling life. And that's uh, a big force that drives me every day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm glad you're saying all this that you're saying, because that's perfect lead in to where we're about to go. Because I always like to flip the script. We talked a lot about a Mm -hmm. lot of different highs that you've had in life, but on our show, we, you know, I think that sometimes, Fans and people that have regular type jobs, they don't get an artist. They don't understand the sacrifices y'all make. They don't understand the struggles y'all go through. And I want to go the, to that direction. And where, how I want to do it is I'll tell a small story that will help lead us into there. Back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Still Girls. At that time, they were full-time with music, her and her daughter. And I asked, what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist? And she said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time. She goes, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go do that. I mean, if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, then go do that and keep music as a hobby. She goes, the sacrifices we have to make, the struggles. She goes, I could have a bad day today, and it could be super. It could be one of the worst days I've ever had. If I have a gig tonight, I have to smile. I have to show I can't break down in front of them. I can't be me sometimes. I try to be me, she said, but I can't be me. The whole family sacrifice. She goes, even though it's me and my daughter who are the front people, she goes, but everything we do affects our family. She said the struggles, the rejection we go through that we hear, the the critics that we hear, just everything about it is rough for an artist. She goes, but if your heart won't allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because all in is the only way those type of sacrifices are worth it. What do you think about what she said? And let's go there on that side of it a little bit. I think that's fantastic. And I think that's great advice for any artist, new or older, anybody really, because sometimes I think that a lot of people just don't really know what they're doing. I mean, I think that sometimes you get into something and then realize that, hey, I may not like this, but then you have to change some things mm-hmm. and you don't want to disappoint people. And that is something that I yeah. see a lot of people go through. Um, so for me, I guess I would have to say that, yeah, there's definitely days when you're just going to be like, oh my gosh, this is 
this is a really bad day. Something happened that got in the way of what I'm trying to do, and it's just really not going my way. But you still have to put on a smile and make sure that everyone knows that this is going to be a good show and this is going to be good. And, you, yeah. and actually, it's not just the fans that you had to put a face on for, or a good face mm-hmm. on for. It's your, it's your band. I mean, you have to encourage yeah. them. You have to reassure them mm-hmm. that it's going to be a good night. And that is a hard life, and it's hard to deal with sometimes. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, when you really love it and when you really want mm-hmm. to be a part of music and when you really want to be a full-time musician, none of it matters. I mean, some of mm-hmm. it can be really hard to deal with. And, yes, you need to take your time, and you have to make sure that mm-hmm. you're taking care of uh, yourself and others around you, of course. But, I mean, still your passion is still something that you yeah. love. And that's that's something that I have to think of whenever I am, you know, just like, oh, this is a really bad day. I have to think, mm-hmm. hey, there have been amazing days that, you know, just kind of go over all these bad days and the mm-hmm. things that I remember that are really, really great. So I just try to think of, you know, just how cool it is to have this career mm-hmm. and how great it is to get to travel mm-hmm. with my family in general. I mean, that that's a, that mm-hmm. is like, that, not everybody gets to do that. And I think of how, you know, just lucky I am to get to be the person that I am and get to do the things that I do at such a young age because so many mm-hmm. kids are not able to express themselves in the way that I, I'm able to do. So I just mm-hmm. try to think of all the things that I'm thankful for and think of all the things that uh, maybe I could do better in the future or maybe I just mm-hmm. need to take some time. And that's that's something that yeah. a lot of people need to realize when they are in this industry that you have to take time for yourself or you'll go crazy because that that is mm-hmm. something that I've I've found that is just like yeah. you have to. And there's also a thing around mm-hmm. fans. You have to make sure that you are keeping yes, you love your fans and you want to know them and you want to, you know, get to you know, really make sure they know that you notice them, of course. But mm-hmm. I think that one thing is that you don't want to get too involved with your fans as like a person. Mm-hmm. And that's something yeah. that I've seen that can be a little bit hard to deal with sometimes um, because, you know, the persona that you put out to other people and who you really are as a normal person is two different things sometimes, even though that it's, yeah. even though that's the core of who you are, it's not like, it's, it's kind of like a, sort of just like a persona as well. I mean, like it's, it's a bigger version of who you are. And that is yeah. how I always describe it. And sometimes people don't realize that. Um, so it can be um, a little bit of a, a disappointment to some fans, and, and you know, and if they get mm-hmm. if they get too involved in your own life, and that's something that um, I think is not really talked about enough. And I'm glad you're talking about that because I think sometimes fans can cross the line and not realize it, and then mm-hmm. there are other times fans cross the line and they know what they're doing. And yeah, and. I think that they, there needs to be some boundaries for an artist because let's face it, the bigger you get, the more hardcore. And that's why I said at the beginning, you you got some hardcore fans. I've already seen that. <laughs> you got yeah. fans that really love you. <laughs> and but I, I can definitely see what you're saying. How you can ha- and, and and of course I know you're not meaning all fans. You're meaning just there's a small handful that can that can make you feel uncomfortable. And I wish and I fans would understand that. I think that's true for all that. artists. I mean, I guess yeah. all artists that go mm-hmm. through that pretty much. Um, any that have any kind of fan base pretty much, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not, yeah. yeah, of course I'm not saying all. I'm just saying there are those yeah. few that you'll come in contact mm-hmm. with that get a little bit too personal yeah. or ask too personal questions or anything because they mm-hmm. really think that they're part of your mm-hmm. life because they see you on the Internet, they see you everywhere, and you're talking to them. They think, you know, this. I know mm-hmm. this person. And it's easy mm-hmm. to do that. It's easy to get that involved. And I've, and it's also something that needs to be talked about, just of like, hey, these are real people. They're not just online personas. I mean, these are mm-hmm. real people with real feelings, and and it's just something that you need to keep in mind as a fan, anybody who's a fan of anything, just to keep in mind that these are real people with real lives. And, mm-hmm, you know, exactly. just make sure that you're being respectful. <clears throat> yeah, and, you know, I can oh, I yes, definitely know absolutely. where you're coming from on the whole struggle side, too, is – um. Because I go through that, that, where I doubt myself with this show. There, there are nights that 
Sandy has to pull me down <laughs> off the cliff because I'm like, I'm just ready to quit this thing. And then you got some people that say, you know what, y'all are going to burn out because, you know, we started January 3rd. Since mm-hmm. January 3rd, you were our 78th interview since then. So we've got some people that are saying, y'all going to burn out because we're just like all in here. But it's, it's, it's a passion. It's a love. I love what we – I can't imagine – it's funny. At the beginning of, the, um, of our marriage 17 years ago, I thought I'm going to be this big motivational speaker. Now I'm like I still get to speak. God helped me find a way to build my passion, to still do my passion, but at the same time bring Sandy's passion and us combine it. And I just, I'm so grateful that we've been able to find a way through this show to kind of do both and be together, and that's been amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's really, really cool. I mean, I, I never really <laughs> thought that I'd be doing this either, like full, like full on. When I was when yeah. I was a little bit younger, I, I really just thought that I'd be singing around a little bit. But I knew that I mm-hmm. wanted to do this, but I never really knew that it would actually happen for me. So I guess when it did, mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, this is insane. This is incredible. I mean, like, and management companies were coming at us left and right. I mean, publishing companies as well. I mean, like, it was, when mm-hmm. this whole viral video hit, it was mm-hmm. so many people after Disney. I mean, like, there was, like, and it, it was a lot going on, but we took a step back and we said, hey, this is a lot, <laughs> and we need to make sure that we know that we're doing the right thing, um, especially, exactly. you know, since I'll be stuck in some kind of contract or something will happen. And, and we, we knew, yeah. we know what happens. We're, yeah. And a lot of people just didn't realize that we would, we would be smart enough to, you know, just understand that. And AGT, mm-hmm. AGT called and like all these people. And we were just like, Hey, we're going to take a step back. We're going to keep making videos. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to keep playing, mm-hmm. but we're going to make sure that we're staying true to ourselves within yeah, all of this. Doing it your way. And that's, one of the smartest decisions that I think we've made. And, and I love that because y'all are doing it your way because, you know, again, nothing wrong with none of the shows and all that, but you got a lot of people that sign their life away for five years just to go on those shows. And there's yeah. not a mm-hmm. – especially if you win. You really – if you win any of the shows, although you get maybe some fame, some, there are many times winners don't get nothing hardly. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, like look at the um, – episode a few years ago with Gabby Bear. She came in third. The winner, you don't hear anything about. Gabby, you hear oh, about all the time. And, and we love Gabby and all that, but, but she didn't even win. In fact, her dad, I'm, I'm facing, her dad talks about that she, um, that, that when Gabby came in third, they felt let down, but it became the biggest blessing of their lives because she, she did not have the full con- they didn't have, not have the full control over her, so she was able to still get out and do her thing without the without the chains because she didn't win. And now look well, at yeah, it. I mean, so, you know, that that's a really big thing that I've thought ever since I was young watching that show. I'm like, oh yeah, the person who comes in second or third, they're better off than the person who comes in first place because I'm mean, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it, there's a lot that goes on and it's it's insane. Um, but yeah, I mean like. I think that when people talk about, oh, you're going to burn yourself out, I mean, when I think mm. of burning myself out, I think of putting myself in a position where people are going to tell me to do things that I don't want to do or to tell me that I have to, you know, hey, sign this contract, let's do this. You know, it's just like yeah. I, I think that you have to be smart within this industry because, yeah. you know, sometimes people exactly. can really, really hurt you in your career and as a person. You know, I'll be honest. You're not 15 at heart. I can tell that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get that every now and then. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I've learned a lot from my family and a lot from people that's who I've good. worked with. And I guess that that's really paid off. Um, mm-hmm. And I just kind of just keep learning every day because, I mean, I have a lot to do in my life and i got to be ready for it. So I guess and I just perfect. keep going from there. That is awesome. This is perfect time for a quick break. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to play your song, Crimson Moon, and then we're going to come back and talk about that song. How's that? All right. Sounds great. All right. Hang on there. Hey, everyone. 
we have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Such a lovely song. Thank you. Yes, great song. <clears throat> so how'd that come about, that song? Tell us a little bit of story behind it. Absolutely. Um, that's a song that I started writing for a um, little a little dive bar in Dahlonega, Georgia, called, um, Crim- called The Crimson Moon. And I love that venue so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I guess that I started writing that song um, kind of about that whole um, feeling that you get when you when mm-hmm. you play there and just sort of like how that whole uh, that mm-hmm. whole atmosphere of that venue 
And I wanted to kind of bring a story around it, um, too. So I kind of uh, created this whole character and her story and, you know, how she realized that, hey, you know, life isn't always about being with another person. It's sometimes being by yourself and understanding yourself first and talking about independence (laughs) and everything else. So, yeah, that that whole story just kind of came about through that venue. (laughs) That is really awesome. Now, as you know, when fans see you, um, they see you. They don't see your PR team. They don't see your manager. They don't see the different aspects of your business that help you be who you are because we all know that it's a team effort. You can't do what you do if they don't do what they do. So I always like to bring up the team. Tell us a little bit about each part part of your team that's helped you get to where you are. Absolutely. Um, Probably I'd have to say, um, first off, The one person who has helped me the most, um, who I absolutely love so much, um, there's been many people who have, um, mm-hmm. but I would have to say Tony Brown. Um, he is amazing. He produced this last album, because I was oh, just, just listening to him and that song and mm-hmm. everything else. And I've been working with him for about three years now, maybe, and he is an incredible person. And he has put so much time and effort into me and my music. And... Mm-hmm. I love him so much, and mostly a lot of a lot of things that really just enthralls me about him is that he really wants to keep me and my family together because so many producers yeah. and managers and many people just think that oh you know it's it's we'll just go solo it's fine we don't need we don't need this mm-hmm. you know and, and it's something that's been thrown around a lot in my life and I'll just say no I'll, yeah. I'll go somewhere else I'll go elsewhere I don't need to do that yet and mm-hmm. um, when he decided he was just like oh yeah i mean i love what you guys do and i want to make it better i want to help as much as i can and i was like oh really this is this is fantastic you know i would would love to work with you and we just started working on you know different things and he was actually you know the he was um actually the piano player for elvis and he did a lot of different work as well i mean like he's produced so many amazing people and it's an honor to get to work with him, but um, also mm-hmm. my uh, manager has helped us so much, and I, I appreciate him as well. Um, he's, mm-hmm. He, he, he kind of came around around the time that I worked with um, Loretta, and it was, it was really cool to um, have two great things come in my life then. Um, but also I'd have to say, you know, my, my mom works a lot on, um, on my social media and helps me with that, um, and I'm very thankful for that as well. <laughs> Um, that is awesome. Yeah, I mean, we, we just kind of started going with that because we've been doing that for years now. If anything comes mm-hmm. on later that might help us more, we will take that into consideration. But also, mm-hmm. my mom and I, we, we've worked on stuff forever, so it's a, it's a team <laughs> effort there. Um, so tell us a also, mom story. Tell us a story. Tell us a mom story. You can go back to what you're about to say in a minute, but you talk about your mom. Tell us a mom story where, where she did something above and beyond, and you were like, she believes in me. Oh, definitely. She does. I mean, to a, an amazing point. I mean, I'm very thankful <laughs> to have her in my life and to help me with things that I do, um, especially with this whole whole thing, whole music industry thing, because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's insane sometimes. Um, but I guess that <laughs> she, <laughs> she came along and was just like, hey, let's, if you want to, we could work on this together. We could kind of start working on your social media. And when we did, yeah. it it just started working somehow. It just mm-hmm. it, it kind of came to this point where we were like, oh, we're gaining fans. This is great. Um, <laughs> but I guess at some point we we were just like, oh, let's start doing live videos. Let's start doing uh, videos on YouTube. Let's let's start working on some stuff. And when we did, mm-hmm. that just sort of um, kind of escalated to where I am now. <laughs> So I guess that um, she's been a big, um, big, big supporter and uh, someone who has helped me throughout all of this. And I'm, I am just so happy that I get to work with her. And she writes mm-hmm. most of my songs with me because she was a songwriter oh, wow. way before I was born. And she oh, really, really kind awesome. of brought me into that. Um, so we we wrote songs forever, and uh, she kind of brought me to where like I'm able to write songs on my own, and I'm able to mm-hmm. really start exploring what I want to write, and that is fantastic. And I'm glad that I got to uh, really just learn how to um, really just learn how to 
write about what I want to write about too. And, and mm-hmm. it's really just, um, it's a lot of fun to get to explore, you know, just the things I want to talk about and the things we want to talk about together. So yeah, she's been a, an amazing person in my life. That is really cool. And, you know, because we're a family show, we always like to let our eight-year-old um, come on, and he always likes to ask one question. And it goes back to mommy, and she's like, you know, artists love this. He, you know, every I think every episode we've had, he's asked one question to each artist, and he gets Absolutely. upset if he don't get if he don't get on now because he's done basically every show, but maybe one or two. <laughs> Aw, that's awesome. <laughs> All right, here's the first. Hi, Amy. What's your favorite food? My favorite food? Um, hi. Um, I'd have to say strawberries. I love strawberries. And what's yours, Luca? <laughs> a pizza. That's a great choice. <laughs> he could have it for lunch, dinner, and okay, breakfast bye. and all that. He goes as fast as he comes. And we're, you know, I've always been taught that if you want to inspire purpose and passion into your kids, they need to see you live in yours. And that's what we're trying to do through this show and through the whole New Country Buzz and New Country Media. And we're trying to show him, look, we're chasing that passion, and we hope that one day he will too. That is fantastic. I mean, my dad was a sound engineer way before we started doing all of this, and my mom is a nurse. But her mm-hmm. her main love, you know, was just writing music and and she's a yeah. lyricist. She she can't sing, and she doesn't really mm-hmm. do well with melodies. And she kind of, uh, when she had me, and I got older, and everything happened. And I was, I I'm I was pretty good sometimes. It depended on the time. Um, <laughs> I could write a few melodies, and I could um, mm-hmm. I could come up with a lot of um, different things to go with um, my music. And I once I started playing ukulele. Yeah. Um, it just kind of made it where, oh yeah, she was the lyricist, and I would compose melodies. Mm-hmm. It, we were oh, wow. a, we were a duo. We, we worked very well together, and it was just <laughs> it, it worked so so well, um, and it still does. Um, so that's sort of our thing. And then I started writing lyrics yeah. as well, and mm-hmm. we just kind of collaborate on everything. It's it's really cool. That is- that is really like Sandy and I. We've written over. We don't we can't do the music or sing and all that yet, you know. But we have written over 300 sets of lyrics ourselves, you know. And that's been her love, you know. The, uh, this all this whole thing that we started really started kind of in 2013 because she always followed my dreams and we tried to make them work. And then finally, I told Sandy in 2013. She always wanted to be a songwriter eventually and maybe collaborate with other songwriters and or who can do the music side because she couldn't do the music side. I was like, well, I'm going to make that happen somehow. So when so we wrote like – so I was like, let's write together. And we had the most fun. We did about a year worth of 300 sets of lyrics. I mean it would just – it grew our marriage like crazy back then. And then that's where the whole idea came from. Well, I started making contact with a lot of the up-and-coming artists and all that, and we were like – so all of a sudden I started getting to know some of these artists. I'm like, man, people need to know these people. And since I could make websites, I was like, well, I'll just make a website to help these people get noticed. That was really – so all this whole thing, the show, New Country Buzz, everything we're doing with New Country Media really all started because of her love of lyric writing. That is incredible. I mean – and it's so cool that you two came together to do this do this as well. I mean, I think that's um, a really cool and special thing. Yeah, but it helps, definitely has helped grow our marriage some. And, and, and the reason she's not in and out as much as she usually is on these calls is our one-year-old has been crying. So <laughs> now when Caitlin gets a little older, we plan on inserting her in the show like we did little Chris. That's awesome. So if you could co-write with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? Oh gosh. Um that's an amazing question. Um I'd have to say I would love to write Bob Dylan. I would have loved oh, awesome. I would I would have loved that. Um mm-hmm. but also I'd have to say um you know, I've always wanted to write with Loretta. It's one person I've always wanted to write with. She's come up in this conversation so many times. 
but I will say again, I would love to write with her and either Bob Dylan. <laughs> you know, we, we've got her granddaughter somebody. coming up. We've got really? Loretta's granddaughter coming up on Friday, Taylor, coming on the yeah. show. Yeah, I think we've met her a few times. <laughs> she's she's really cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Loretta's awesome. And Loretta's um, from not too far from where Sandy's from. So yeah, that's it's really cool to see all these connections that are happening and. And again, that's another reason why we know we're supposed to do this because there's just so many connections that are happening that there that we can't take credit for. We're just like, okay, we don't know how all this is happening. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 so, a lot. Um, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, because we've had Anna Christina Cash on, we've had Georgette Jones on, we've had Carlene Carter on. You know, we've had that whole crew of the Legacy Kids and stuff, and then we have you on because again. Of all the people we've had on so far, I think you've had the biggest fan base. You know, so really, we're excited. Yeah, we're excited that we just keep growing and growing and growing. Um, so, you're, you know, each person that comes on is helping us achieve this vision that we have to one day be the place that helps break artists. That's beautiful. It's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it will. So what? song of yours that you've written it means the most and why um i would have to say a song i wrote called 90 miles is uh one song that means the most to me um Mm -hmm. i started writing it for a friend of mine named will and my friend will he has autism and Mm -hmm. i just wanted to write something that maybe he could relate to but could also be something that could educate others on what he goes through daily but could also be something that you know just be uh you know just like a supportive song in general um so when i started writing this i i was just like Mm -hmm. i think it was like 2 a.m and i was Mm -hmm. around like maybe maybe 11 11 or 12 i think and Mm -hmm. it just sort of happened um this whole song just kind of just spilled out it wasn't really we didn't have to work on it for way too long. It wasn't just like, I mean, I think the whole song happened about like 30 minutes. I mean, it was insane. And it, everything just sort of just like flowed so well together. And it was, and it was, it was just like one of the easiest yet hardest songs that I ever wrote because it talks about things mm-hmm. that I just wish that he didn't have to go through. And yeah. I guess that, uh, yeah, that song, it, it means a lot to me because uh, I just, I feel I feel for him, and I want him to, you know, just have a really good life, and and with no nothing, no judgment from other people, and I just want him to mm-hmm. be happy. So Amen I guess that, that uh, yeah, and I guess that song means a lot to me because of that. But I have that song and this song recently that I've been writing. Um, doesn't really have mm-hmm. a title yet, but I mean, I've I've been writing <laughs> it, and it's for a new friend of mine, and uh, mm-hmm. he, uh, I, I didn't really have like when I was younger, I didn't have like like a friend group per se. I didn't really have yeah. many friends and I, I've been homeschooled all my life. So it's to be expected. Mm-hmm. I don't really get around a lot of children. So yeah. I, I wouldn't really have as many friends, but recently I've made some really amazing friends. And um, one friend in particular, I've, I've really, he's become one of my best friends now. And I've been writing about, you know, just how um, friendships over time can really impact you as a person. And especially for someone who. Um, had a hard time making friends in kindergarten and people who uh, mm-hmm. tend to uh, not really make friends as easily. And that's something that I'm writing yeah. about right now. So, oh, yeah, wow. there's, there's, a, there's a lot of songs that I've I've loved and over I, time. And I've seen you tend to eavesdrop on conversations. And I love, and to be honest, I love that because there are many times Sandy and I will be in a restaurant and we'll be talking. And she could tell that I'm kind of not listening to her. She goes, what's what's wrong? And I'm like, no, this is cool conversation going on over there. <laughs> and, and 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 then later that night, we'll talk about that conversation, and we'll probably talk for hours about that one conversation. <laughs> yeah, that, that is something on. that I've done all my life. I mean, and it's also when you can when you can hear very well too. I mean, it's another mm-hmm. thing. I mean, like, and you can pick yeah. out conversations within a room and that's something that I've kind of learned how to do over time. And <laughs> I mean, my family does the same thing. They're like, Emmy, what are you doing? Are you even listening? We ha- I was trying to talk to you about this. And I'm like, Oh, 
I'll blatantly say it. I'll be like, oh, yeah, there's a conversation going on over there. It's really cool. <laughs> you know, and I'll be like, let me get back <laughs> to it, please. Um, <laughs> could be a song. I get it. Um, I get yeah. you because I do it. <laughs> it's fun. So, um, <laughs> so I'm about to ask a question, and I'll tell you why I'm wording it this way, and I got a specific purpose for the way I word this. But if you had a magic wand and what you were about to say would for sure come true, um, where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I ask it in this way, because I want the artist to really think this one through. Because this past February made five years that we asked that exact same question to Kelsey Ballerini. And her answer back then is what she's living right now. I mean, you, I don't know if she could have came up with any more answer that she's not living right now. And I just thought that was good. I just think that's cool of what can happen. Because I'll be honest, when we interviewed her, I think you're more popular right now than when we interviewed her. So, because wow. she had, I think, you know, so that just shows you the power of what five years can do. So if, if all bets were off and it would and for sure come true, where would you be in five years? Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the first thing that I would say, you know, I mean, a lot of times when people ask me questions like this, I, I tend mm-hmm. to just be like, oh, well, you know, I want to play bigger venues. I mean, I want to have a fan base that I can really, you know, just inspire. I want to have a bigger Mm -hmm. fan base that I can inspire and be someone's, you know, person. I mean, I want people to, when people think about, oh, well, you know, it's just their favorite artist or somebody to look up to. I want, I want that, you know, I want to be that person. And I've, I've had a lot of younger fans. I have a lot of kids um, who follow me too, and I just want to be somebody that they can look up to. I want to be somebody that they can, you know, just be like, hey, there's this person that, um, you know, I really want to be inspired from, and and that's and that's really really cool. That's something that I want um, myself. Yeah. Uh, but of course, I want to play bigger venues. I want to get to go around the world. I want to travel more. I mean, I want to mm-hmm. be able to go to different countries. I mean, I want to be able to. Uh, try different food. I want to be able to really just kind of do all the things that um, I wanted to do when I was younger as well. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I want to be able to um, really just be able to com- be content with how I write mm-hmm. yeah. and how I sing and be mm-hmm. even more confident in what I do. I mean, that's <clears throat> some of my biggest dreams. I mean, to some people that's, yeah. that's sort of, that, that's not enough for some people, but, but to me that's, that's that's what I want. I want to just be content and uh, be just uh, mm-hmm. happy and, and love everything about my life. I mean, I want to be able to love the aspects of my life that have been brought to me over the years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you had a friend, and let's say you heard them sing, and they got a good tone, and you could tell there's something special about that person with the way they sing. And let's say, and this would be pre-COVID advice. Um, let's say that they've played 10, 20 shows. So, they, so they're really just getting their feet wet. But they've already been on stage. They've got what every artist says you get when you get up there, when you're looking over the crowd and the crowd's cheering for you. They, get, they got that music bug. They got that stage bug. They've got it. They've, they come to you, and they say, look, I know I've not done a whole lot yet, but I feel in my heart this is what I'm supposed to do with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Wow. Um, I would have to say go for it. I mean, we only have so long in our lives to uh, just be like, hey, you know, I mean, I don't, I, there's a difference between like when you're being nervous about something, something's going on in your life that is mm-hmm. new. I mean, like I, the best thing that I can say is, go for it. I mean, just make sure mm-hmm. that you're understanding that, you know, of course, make make sure you're not making any bad decisions. Make sure that you're just, you, you understand the music business and you understand um, how to deal with the different shows and where you're playing. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you have people around you is the biggest thing to yeah. me. Make sure you have people around you that support you and are, are, are only there for you, not for the money, not for anything that you mm-hmm. can bring to them, but also be there just specifically for you and people who genuinely love you. That's what you need during this. You need people who love you and people who will tell you the truth. 
And that is something yeah. that is the most important, I think, when going into mm-hmm. music business or anything uh, that is remotely like this. I mean, yeah. I think that you just have to have a core group that just genuinely mm-hmm. wants to be there for keeps you. Keeps you grounded. And keeps you grounded. That's one of the biggest things, um, at least for me. And I just think that uh, you just go for it. You know, don't be afraid. Understand that, mm-hmm. hey, you know, even, even if you find yourself a few years later where you're just like, I love this, but there's something else I want to do, or if I want to do this, I say go for that too. I mean, who says that you can only have one thing in your life that is that your focus? I mean, there's many mm-hmm. things that you can do with your life, and you don't have to be held to one or the other. I mean, and I think that yeah. that's something important that people need to realize as well. Um, that, that you don't only have you don't have to have only one love when it comes to your career, I think. And uh, yeah, that's that's some of the advice I would give to people. And you know, I remember the to me the best advice we got for launching the show. I remember I reached out to one of my Nashville friends and asked him as we launched the show, what advice would he give us? And I think this goes with artists or hosts like us. But he said, um, the only advice I give is be authentic. He says you can he says you can try to be a Bobby Bones. He says you can try to be uh Ty Bentley. So we already got those. We don't need another one. But let's say you try to be that and you and you do create some type of following. He says the day the day will come when authentic Chris comes out. And when that day comes, it, he says I don't care if you got a few fans or a big fans, you're gonna lose every one of your fans because they were never attracted to authentic Chris. They were attracted to fake Chris. So if you start out authentic and keep your show as authentic to your personality as possible, you'll never have to worry about losing fans because of you because they already attracted to your authenticness. That is really, really cool. I mean, I have to say the same thing. I mean, that's 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 really solid advice. I mean, I think that, you know, I have a – I've had over the years, you know, just where a lot, a lot of kids um, will sing my songs, and and then some people will try to, uh, and I'll see how like there's people who will take like influence from it, and you know take inspiration yeah. and go from there. But sometimes when you see some kids, you know, they'll try to copy, and some people will try to mm-hmm. like uh, overdo that. And I think that one of the best like advice I'll give to kids in general, really, mm-hmm. mostly kids, even adults, really, is just that. You don't have to put on a persona. You know, you don't have to feel like yeah. that. Your authentic self is worth so much, mm-hmm. even if you don't think so. And that is something that I think that a lot of people don't realize is that who they are on the inside and who they are, you know, just like deep inside their soul is enough. worth more than just some kind of persona that they're putting on for other people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's worth a lot. <clears throat> that is awesome. Well, as we come to our last question, that and – we could talk with you all day long, but of course, show always has to end. I always hate that part. <laughs> but you know, but um, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Oh gosh. Um, well, you know, I wish that I wish they would talk more about pretty much who you are you know, outside of music, which you guys have done a lot so far um, within this interview. And I'm very impressed and happy about that because a lot of times when mm-hmm. I do interviews, it's just like, oh, yeah, what kind of music do you play? What do you do this? Um, when's your next show? Blah, 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 end of interview. That's it. Mm-hmm. And that's somehow sometimes how it goes. And, and I'm, I'm used yeah. to that, and it's fine. I'll get a lot of the same questions. And, but, I mean – Talking to people who genuinely want to know you as a person is something that I think is more more valuable than maybe some of those interviews. I think they're more enjoyable for the person who is being interviewed because yeah. when you have somebody just rushing through it, but when you have somebody who's just like, oh, I want to know more about you. What, what do you like to do? I mean, like that is something that I, I like to be asked. I mean, I like to be asked, yeah. you know, what do you like to do outside of music? I mean, like, what what are your passions mm-hmm. outside of music? But also ask that. And I think we hit all that. And you and did. And I was, I was very impressed. <laughs> and, 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 you know, when Sin and I first started this show, 
I've looked at a lot of different hosts out there, and I was like, how can we be different? Now, granted, we're a husband and wife team, so I think right there makes us less than 1% uh, of out there. So, so that makes us different. But I think that I wanted something more unique. And I remember telling Sandy, I know it because I'm a, I'm a storyteller, if you can't tell. <laughs> and I love hearing stories. I was like, we're going to allow artists come on our show. We're going to give them enough time because let's face it, 15 minutes, you have to – if you come on for 15, 20 minutes, you can only talk about music. There's not a whole lot you can do in 20 minutes. Um, so he's like, we're going to come, let artists come on the show. We're going to let them get their story out. We're going to tell stories with them. We're going to make it a conversation. And then we're – you know, so that way we can get to the rawness of their story because I don't want to know just the music person. I want to know who you are. And that's where and that's where we launched our show from, from that angle. That is incredible and I think that's very unique. I think that it's I think that it's really cool for especially the person who you, who is being interviewed because a lot of times when it comes to artists they don't get asked those questions a lot. Um, mm-hmm. so it's refreshing. It's very refreshing. Appreciate it. And now you can tell everybody how they can reach you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you can go to themesunshine.com. It's just T-H-E-E-M-I, sunshine.com. And you can find all of our social media, merchandise, and also, you know, future tour dates uh, at some point. So, yeah. And we loved having you on. We look forward to having you back down the road for some updates. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. All right. You have a great day. And we'll right. talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. All right. Bye. <laughs> Hey, everyone. We hope you really enjoyed the show today. Um, Emmy Sunshine's really awesome. She's definitely going places. I don't even think she realizes how special she is. You can just tell in the conversation we just had. She is really awesome, and she's going to the top. There's no doubt in my mind about that. But anyway, we've got another show coming at you at 2 o'clock, and we look forward to bringing another great artist to you. So, again, until 2 o'clock, we will see you soon.